Hello and welcome back to another episode of High Notes Nashville Sports. I'm Garrett Pave, joined alongside once again my good friend Connor Owens at home in Nashville, Tennessee. This is a unique episode of High Notes Nashville Sports. We will not be focusing on Nashville today. Instead, we'll be focusing strictly on the most exciting time of the year, March Madness. We are live today, Selection Sunday, getting all of the selections right now as we speak. So we have not seen them yet. This is the first time we've seen them live. Going to break down all the games from you, Connor. How's it going this wonderful Selection Sunday? Doing good, man. It feels good to actually have a selection show a year ago. Actually, I think it was two days ago. Everything was shut down. We did not get this a year ago. Feels good to have it back. It's crazy. I'd say it's it's been a long time coming, but it's finally here. And so let's get right into it. So we are live now. They have just announced the number one overall seed in the entire tournament is the Gonzaga Bulldogs coming out of the Western Athletic Conference. And they will be playing the winner of Norfolk State and Appalachian State. Connor, any chance we see Norfolk State or Appalachian State knock off the Gonzaga Bulldogs in this first game? I don't I don't think I don't think that'll happen. Um Gonzaga's just been too strong all year long. And um, you know, it's March Madness. Expect the unexpected. It's what you get all the time. Um, so you never know, but I, I don't see it happening. We've seen, uh, you know, as we know, the UMBC uh, Bulldogs, or not the Bulldogs, UMBC, the Terriers a few years ago came in, knocked off the Virginia Cavaliers. Let's go to the rest of the West region bracket. The eight-seed Oklahoma Sooners taking on the nine-seed Missouri Tigers that will be on Saturday, as well as the five-seed Creighton Blue Jays taking on the 12-seed UC Santa Barbara and the four-seed Virginia Cavaliers taking on the 13-seed Ohio Bobcats. Fairly predictable so far, but the one I'm looking at, and I, you may call me a little biased, is that Oklahoma-Missouri in the eight versus nine seed Oklahoma, a top 10 team just a few short weeks ago. Missouri has slumped ever since then as well. So two teams that have struggled right now. What are you going to look for in that game, Connor? I know it's it's two teams that are trying to find their rhythm right now but are kind of floundering. Where do they go from here now? I, I think um, first to answer which team needs this game the most, and that's Missouri. Um they, they started out strong in the year, um, but then they've kind of slowly but surely fallen off um, the path that they were going towards. Um, I mean, both teams are fantastic shooters, so I think whoever – I mean, this is going to be pretty obvious, but whoever – the three ball is going to be uh, really important in this game. Um, defense, I've seen Missouri struggle on the defensive side a lot. So I think those two, three ball and defense, will uh, be really key in this matchup. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's going to be probably one of the more intriguing eight, nine matchups this season. A lot of times, you know, you see some eight or nine seeds that are, you know, trying to fight their way in as an upper seed. These, these two teams have fallen to that seed. So we'll see how that goes there. Filling out the rest of the West region, the six seed USC Trojans taking on the winner of the 11 seed Wichita State Shockers or the Drake Bulldogs. Drake been an unbelievable story this year so far has really come out of nowhere, clinched their spot in the tournament. The three-seed Kansas, the Jayhawks, taking on the Eastern Washington Eagles as the 14 seed. And the rest of the couple, the seven-seed Oregon Ducks, taking on the 10-seed Virginia Commonwealth. And the last game on this next Saturday in the tournament, I believe it is still fun, is the number two-seed Iowa Hawkeyes. Grabbing the two seed there, a lot of them expected to be the one seed led by Luca Garza, who has been absolutely fantastic this year so far for the Iowa Hawkeyes, taking on the 15 seed Grand Canyon. I think it's the uh, – I don't know. Is it the Lumberjacks of Grand Canyon? Uh, 
think they're the Lopes. The Lo- okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So, Led by, I talked about this earlier, Bryce Drew, their head uh, head basketball coach. First season at Grand Canyon, already had some a regular season title, a conference title, and now a trip to the NCAA tournament. So you mentioned Bryce Drew, and of course, for you all who don't know, Bryce Drew, the former Vanderbilt head basketball coach in Nashville. So with that being said, about Bryce Drew and this Grand Canyon team, they're a tricky team every year. Um, and we've seen them, they got a really good home crowd. They got a good uh, fan base behind them. So with that being said, can they knock off this two-seed Iowa team this year in the tournament? Do you think there's a chance? If, if there's going to be any upset in the first round, I think it's going to be that one. Um, of course, the entire bracket has not been out yet. Um, but so far, that's the game that uh, has my attention the most. Grand Canyon has been on, on a uh, terrific run this season. And uh, Bryce Drew, a fantastic coach, um, really, I think he could have done big things at Vandy, even a big, even a deep NCAA tournament run if we kept him. But Grand Canyon has themselves a fantastic coach and a fantastic opportunity to pull off a first-round shocker uh, over Iowa. Now, you, you mentioned Luca Garza, and they announced a couple weeks ago that his number will be retired at the end of the year. That just goes to show the amount of effort uh, that he has put into that Iowa team. They're gonna, they're definitely going to give Grand Canyon some uh, some trouble in that first round. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I agree. I agree, Connor. It's going to be a good one, of course, Luca Garza. One of the best players in the entire country uh, will probably be making his way to the league next year. He can really do it all. He's a force on the inside. He can shoot the ball well. So we look now, the West region is completely filled so far. So the one seed, of course, is the Gonzaga Bulldogs taking on the winner of Norfolk State and Appalachian State. Oklahoma taking on Missouri in the 8-9 game. Creighton taking on UC Santa Barbara in the 5-12 game. Virginia taking on Ohio. That is the 4-13 versus 13 game. The number, the number six seed, USC Trojans, taking on the winner of Wichita State and Drake. Kansas three seed taking on Eastern Washington, Oregon taking on VCU and the Iowa Hawkeyes taking on Grand Canyon. So we've gone through most of these games. We've talked about a few. Connor, is there one game you've said Missouri and Oklahoma and Grand Canyon and, you know, Iowa, is there one other game that really sticks out in your eye as a game you could see a potential upset in this Western region? Not one game, but one team. You look at Kansas, you see like what was a few days ago, there was a chance that we weren't going to see Kansas in the NCAA tournament because they had to drop out of the Big 12 tournament uh, due to a positive test, and now they're in. Now the other question you have to uh, ask yourself is, will Duke get in? Um, But uh, to answer your question, the West region, a possible upset. Um, um, You see – you look at UC Santa Barbara and Creighton, uh, Creighton, they've been um, kind of shaky this year. They did lose their uh, tournament title. Um, UC Santa Barbara has been pretty good this year. I haven't seen too much from them. Um, but UC Santa Barbara could pull off an upset against Creighton. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, Creighton, of course, you know, Georgetown, a huge, huge Big East championship win there. Patrick Ewing with the head coach. So now the South region coming out again. We are seeing all of this live right now. Connor and I do not know any of these matchups before we got on the show here. It is all coming to us live. The one seed in the South, the Baylor Bears taking on Hartford, the 16 seed. Hartford sitting at 15 and 8. Really a good surprise this year making the tournament for the first time in history. The 8-9 seed, a very intriguing matchup. The North Carolina Tar Heels taking on the Wisconsin Badgers, a game that I think a lot of people have their eyes on. North Carolina has been absolutely surging as of recently. Roy Williams has his team playing at a very, very high level. And I'm looking at this now live. 
This may be one of the most intriguing ones, in my opinion, for an upset, and that's Villanova taking on Winthrop. Winthrop coming in 23-1 and on the season against a Villanova team that has struggled severely as the 5-12 game. Every year we see a 5-12 upset. That could be the one this year. And Winthrop, what do you think, Connor? I mean, Villanova, I think, you know, they've had injuries all year. They've struggled to play their best basketball. Could this be one of those games with Winthrop sitting at 23-1 and where they come in upset Villanova? 100%. Um, like you said, injuries has re- have really hurt Villanova this year. And Winthrop um, won their conference title, like you said, for the first time in school history. And um, it absolutely could. And um, like you mentioned, we always have a 5-12 upset. Uh, why can't it not be Winthrop? Of course, we don't – again, we don't know the entire bracket yet. Um, but, yeah, Winthrop can pull off a shocker, so can – UC Santa Barbara. Agreed. Moving on now, I go from Bill Nutter Winthrop. The four seed, the Purdue Boilermakers, taking on the North Texas Mean Green. That is the four versus 13 game. A huge bid there for North Texas. Filling up the rest of the South Side now, the six seed Texas Tech Red Raiders taking on the Utah State Aggies. Another intriguing matchup there. Matt McClung has been fantastic so far for Texas Tech, but a very challenging Utah State team at that. How about this? The three-seed Arkansas Razorbacks, a team that has surprised, I think, everybody this year, led by star freshman Moses Moody, who's been absolutely fantastic and great play from J.D. Note as of recently. They take on the 14-seed Colgate. It was 14-1 on the year, has had a shortened season due to COVID-19. The seven-seed Florida Gators taking on the Virginia Tech Hokies, an interesting game for the Gators there, who have, again, struggled as of recently. Looking to get a big win, though, over a Virginia Tech team that has also been off and on. That is the trend of this tournament, is teams being off and on this year. We'll see how that matchup turns out. And finally, the two-seed Ohio State Buckeyes coming off a fresh loss to the Fighting Illini in the Big Ten Championship, taking on the 15-seed Oral Roberts in that two-versus-15 game. That is the South region. There's a lot of good games in here. We've talked about Winthrop and Villanova. Connor, what is another game you think? And I'm, I'm gonna we're going to go through every conference, right? As a team that could be on upset yeah. alerts. What is another team? I think Villanova would be the obvious one. What is another team besides Villanova that could be on upset alert here in the South region? You're probably going to be surprised to hear me say this, but I honestly think Ohio State. I agree. Um, you, you look at or, you look at Oral Roberts. They have been on. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of mid major teams that have punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament who have been on absolute hot streaks. Oral Roberts is one of them. Um, they can pull off uh, that upset over Ohio State. Um, I just saw Ohio State in their locker room. I'm not sure if they won their they, – they lost they lost the big Illinois. championship yep. to Illinois. So they'll have that on the back of their minds. Um, I think Oral Roberts is a team to watch, especially in the first round. And it uh, just, was just announced that they're from Ohio State. Um, so Villanova and Ohio State are definitely on upset alert. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how – that uh, side of the bracket falls. I agree. It's it's important to note too with Ohio State, they got taken overtime against Illinois, and a lot of times you see these high seeds. They play a long conference tournament. They're tired. They're worn out. And you play a 15 seed who's fresh and ready to go. Who knows? And Ohio State. I have to agree with you, Connor. Ohio State has been another team. They're a two seed despite having nine losses on the year. So this is not a two seed that has four or five losses. They have nine losses this season. They've shown at times 
that they play really good basketball. They've also showed times they don't play great basketball. And this is one of those games where you've got to come with your A game. I think it is no matter what Ohio State does, their side of the turn for the bracket is difficult. Because if they were to beat Oral Roberts, they play the winner of Florida and Virginia Tech. And as you and I both know, Florida and Virginia Tech have shown flashes of being very good this year. They're both competitive teams. They're scrappy on the inside. They shoot the ball well when they have to, and they play good defense. So Ohio State, I have to agree with you on that pick. Ohio State is a team to watch for, kind of on upset alert. Another team I'd say, too, is Texas Tech. I mentioned Matt McClung. He's been fantastic this year for the Red Raiders. But Utah State is coming into this game with fire, too. They won the Mountain West Championship. They're coming in fresh. They're ready to play. Uh, of course, Boise State was the favorites come out of that conference, and I do not believe they will make it in this year. Utah State stole it from underneath them. So Texas Tech, led by Chris Beard, another team to watch, potentially an upset alert. We've got half the bracket now. And I think we've talked about some games and some teams that are upset alert, some interesting games so far. Which one of these – which team right now, if it were you, from the, t- from the two reasons we talked about, would you not want to play? So not upset, which team would you not want to play right now? That is a really good question, and I think it's Baylor. Um, Baylor, they have been probably one of the hottest teams in the country. I, I would honestly say that they're a hotter team than Gonzaga. Great. Um, because, I mean, I know Gonzaga's undefeated, but Baylor um, and Illinois, they just came out saying Illinois is in. Um, but I know we're talking about the two regions that have already been announced. Mm-hmm. Baylor um, – Excellent three-point shooting team. Defense has been outstanding all year long. Um, so, good luck to um, whoever has to play them throughout this tournament. Um, be really, really tough team to beat in Agreed. Baylor. Well, and we just see now that the Midwest side of the bracket is being announced. And the first, the first game is very unfortunate for Drexel. They take on the yeah. one-seed Illinois Fighting Illini. Drexel 12 and seven on the year. And this is an Illinois team that is surging at the right time. They're ready to play. They just won the big 10 championship. So expect big things. How about this one? The eight, nine game Loyola Chicago taking on Georgia tech. This might be the most interesting game so far. I'm not going to lie. This might be the most interesting game so far. Loyola Chicago led by their superstar sister, Jean, 24 and four taking on Georgia Tech, who was fresh off an ACC championship game. Connor, what are you expecting from this one? An upset for Loyola Chicago. Um, yeah. it's, it's sister Gene hype season. That's what it was <laughs> the last time they were in. Um, hopefully, she's able to go. Um, if she is there, there's going to be a different energy um, in that squad. Uh, and just to update the bracket, number five seed Tennessee will take on Oregon State. And then four seed Oklahoma State. Let's see who they're going to play. They're going to play Liberty. That's now that's an, that's an interesting matchup right there. That is. Agreed. Uh, Eight Sun champion Liberty, twenty three and five against twenty and eight Oklahoma State. Um, there are upsets all over the place, and I think Liberty and Oklahoma State can be an be an upset going in Liberty's favor. Well, and the thing too about this year, Connor, you and I both know this, watching a lot of college basketball is. There is not one great team this year. There are a lot of really good teams. But this is the year we're expecting a whole lot of upsets. And I think so far we've seen a lot of potentials. Oregon State, another one. They are hot. You talk about teams that are hot right now. Oregon State is hot as anybody in the country is right now. So look for them against Tennessee as a potential upset. The sixth seed now, San Diego State, 
taking on the 11 seed Syracuse. The Orange just barely squeaked in. Jim Beheim got his team back in the tourney as an 11 seed. Another tricky game for the Aztecs here, sitting at 23 and four. A Syracuse team that is, like most teams this year, shown flashes. They can be good. They've not been always the best this season. The three seed now, the West Virginia Mountaineers in the Midwest region. We are waiting to see who their opponent will be on Friday. Oh, boy. The Moorhead State Eagles out of the OVC, 23-7. and seven, They knocked off Belmont to win the, the uh, OVC title. This is a Moorhead State team that is very good. Yeah, um, excuse me. Um, Moorhead State, yeah, and you just mentioned Belmont, so that brings the question. Knowing what we know now, all the conference championships are over. We talked about this last episode. We still have a whole other region to go. Does Belmont get in, in your opinion? I mean, look, I think they can make a case, but I just think there's too – I think there's too many teams right now sitting right on the bubble that are going to make it in. And as we are talking about this now, the 7-10 and game has been announced. The Clemson Tigers taking on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Another intriguing 7-10 to matchup. And the two-seed from the Midwest, how about the Houston Cougars getting a two-seed bid? They're, they've been fantastic as well this season, sitting at 20. They absolutely three. dominated Cincinnati. Yes, a dominant win. What was, it like, what was it, like 91-54? to 54? Oh, they won by 40-plus points. They will take on the 15-seed Cleveland State Vikings, sitting at 19-7. A pretty good Cleveland State team, but I'm not sure they will have enough Firepower to knock off the two seed. No. Think Cougars. That is the Midwest region of this year's tournament. And we we got to go back to the top half. The bottom half was good. And there's a lot of good games. But let's go over this top half. Illinois and Drexel is pretty self-explanatory. I think you're going to see a big Illinois win. How about these next three games, though? Loyola, Chicago, Georgia Tech, Tennessee, Oregon State, Oklahoma State, Liberty. Is there a chance you see three straight upsets drawn off in these three games? Can it happen? Yes. Do I think it will? Probably not. They're all, there has to be that one team, yep. uh, that yep. one powerhouse team in there that has to pull out a win. Um, I, can, I can see one, maybe two, but all three probably not. So which team, um, so which team you think? is safe from upset alert? And which team is the most vulnerable of these three matchups right now? The one team that I, I mentioned it a couple of minutes ago, the one team that I think is in trouble being upset is Georgia Tech. Um, I mean, you look how they were, look how they played in the ACC, uh, ACC championship. They have the skill to do it, but Sister Jean's just too much hype in the NCAA tournament. And – Loyola Chicago is going to get the job done, in my opinion. Agreed. I think, too, you look at his games. I think Oklahoma State is one team you got to talk about for a second. <laughs> this is a team, of course, everybody knows the hype around Cade Cunningham, the number one overall player in the country, went to Oklahoma State. They almost admit the tournament. This is a team that was dealing with eligible NCAA eligibility rules and issues all season. They almost didn't make the tournament, but the NCAA never got back to it, which put the Cowboys in the tournament. They take on a good Liberty team. But we've seen the progression of not only Cade Cunningham, but this entire team throughout the whole season. And I don't care if they lost to Texas in the Big 12 championship. Cade Cunningham was in foul trouble the whole game. They're getting production from another guy like Caleb Boone. Caleb Boone has, has improved his game significantly all season. This is an Oklahoma State team. I've said this the past couple of weeks. I think this is an Oklahoma State team that you do not want to play right now. They're hot. 
and they're figuring out how to play as a team right now. And I know they have stuff to figure out, and they're still not playing maybe where you'd want to see them playing with the number one player in the country. But that being said, I think this is a good draw for them in this side of the bracket. I think if you win this game and you play the winner of Tennessee, Oregon State, that's a very winnable game. And then Illinois, as good as Illinois is, there is other stuff we've seen about them not being as good. So I think this is an Oklahoma State team that can be very, very dangerous come, you know, this first round game. But I, I think it's also important to know too, Tennessee is, I think, in, in big trouble. I think Tennessee is another team too. Of course, they got beat by Alabama. They should have probably won that game. But the big question for Tennessee right now too is the injury of John Fulgerson. He went down in the Florida game, Omar Payne, two nasty, probably illegal elbows to the face, knocked John Fulgerson out. His status is questionable for the NCAA tournament. And now they're playing Oregon State. Now, I think it's a good point to mention, too. Oregon State was ranked 12th in the preseason Pac-12 rankings. So they were picked almost last in the Pac-12, right? Or actually last in the Pac-12. They were picked dead last in the Pac-12. They're 17-12 right now. They came in, they got hot, and they won the whole thing. They knocked off Colorado in the Pac-12 championship. It's an unbelievable story. And you want to talk about hot teams getting hot at the right time. Oregon State is that team right now. So I would expect a big performance there from the Beavers against the Volunteers. And now, when you're just now getting the Eastern region, Connor and I are going to look for the Belmont Bruins as our potential national team to get in. But the number one overall seed in the East region is the Michigan Wolverines taking on the winner of the 16-seed Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern. I would, I would not anticipate an upset there. This is a Michigan team that has been very, very solid all season long. Have a couple losses that are a little concerning, a huge 23-point loss against the Illinois Fighting Illini. But that being said, they have done just enough to prove they're staying there as the number one overall seed in the Eastern region. Moving on now, the eighth seed, the LSU Tigers fell just short in the SEC championship today against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Just a one-point loss, and they are now an eight seed in this year's tournament. These eight, nine seed games are always really tricky right here. It's always you see good competition. Then you see some years the eight, nine game knock off the one seed. So we'll see who LSU's opponent is. Oh, boy. It's the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. Maybe the most, in my opinion, one of the most dangerous teams in all of college basketball. The Bonnies have been absolutely on fire as of recently. And not a great draw for LSU there. Moving on now, the five seed in the East, the Colorado Buffaloes, as I mentioned, fell just short in the Pac-12 championship to the Oregon State Beavers. Oh, they will take on the 12 seed Georgetown Hoyas, led by Patrick Ewing. Another tough matchup. This is an interesting game, too. Georgetown got hot at the right time. The common trip, we have seen a lot of unexpected conference championship winners this year, and Georgetown may have been at the top of the list for the most surprising. They came in, knocked off Creighton in a big-time fashion. Punched their spot into the big dance. They will be the 12 seed taking on the buffs. The four seed, the Florida State Seminoles in the Eastern region. They lost to Georgia Tech in the ACC championship. A very well put together basketball team, though. They can shoot well. They defend well. They can really do it all. On Saturday, they will take on the 13 seed UNC Greensboro Spartans, 21 and 8. Another team to watch for. They're tough, they're competitive, they're feisty. This is a game Florida State probably should win, but Greensboro has been known as an upset team in the tournament in the past few years. 
We'll see how that game plays its way out. The sixth seed, BYU Cougars. <clears throat> the only team to really play Gonzaga to the brink, in my opinion, a 12-point lead at halftime the other night just fell short. They will take on the winner of Michigan State and UCLA as the 11th seed playing game. A very – I just saw Connor just gave me a fist bump. Connor, what about this game intrigues you here? The Michigan State Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if going into the season, if you would have told me Michigan State and UCLA would have been a playing game, I would have thought you were absolutely crazy. I mean, Michigan State, they have been not that great this year. Um, but they've done enough to get in, and now they're playing in a play game against the Bruins. <laughs> it's going to be a good that, – that is going to be one, too. BYU's going to watch out. BYU's been good, but they haven't been that good. And this is an intriguing matchup. Moving on now, the three-seed Texas Longhorns taking on the 14-seed Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian, a team from Texas, well, 23-4. and four. They have been phenomenal all season long. It's a lot It's a lot like these other teams from small conferences. They have been dominant. We'll see how they match up against the Big 12 championship winners. The seven-seed UConn Huskies, one of the hottest teams in all of college basketball. They have been on fire as, as of recently. A lot of teams have been, but UConn at the very top of the list, taking on the 10-seed Maryland Terrapins. And how about this, the two-seed Alabama Crimson Tide, fresh off an SEC championship victory. A well-earned number two spot here in the tournament, sitting at 24 and six. They will take on, we are waiting the 15th seed. The, it is Iona. Iona, the 15th seed here at 12 and five. I, I don't know if, I, I think Iona's coming into a matchup they don't want. Alabama, one of the hottest shooting teams in all of college basketball. And they have been dominant as of recently on the offensive glass. Alabama, a two seed you probably do not want to see. We're now seeing live on the screen the amount of teams coming in from each conference. The Big Ten leads away with nine teams, followed by the, by the Big 12 and ACC with seven, the SEC with six, and the Pac-12 with five. Some of the small conferences here, the Big East with four, and the American Athletic with two. So we're seeing a wide selection of teams. I mean, you look at some of the teams that are the first four out. It is Louisville, Colorado State, St. Louis, and Ole Miss. Those are the first four teams out there. Also, the COVID teams on standby as a potential replacement in. Is there th – this is a big hypothetical, right? These four teams are strictly being put on as a replacement option. Is there? Do you see a scenario in which one of these teams can't play and then all of a sudden you throw one of these first four out in, or is it going to be pretty much set? It, it's pretty much set. Um, I'm honestly surprised seeing Ole Miss on that list. Um, I think that it had been like the next four out, probably not one of the first four out. Yep. Um, but look at the team that – I mean, you see the team that put them on the first four out list, Vanderbilt. Yep, I know. Um, Our national boys. Last four in, Michigan State, UCLA, Wichita State, and Drake. Um, I think in the playing games, I think Drake can be a team to watch. Agreed. Um, like you mentioned, Drake's been on a hot streak all year long. Uh, they can be a team to watch. The team, like for the first four out, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen with Kansas. I don't see any other team that can get knocked out. Um, so if Kansas can't play, it's more than likely going to be Louisville. Yep. Um, Let's see what happens. So the bracket is set. Yeah, the bracket um, is set. It is a very diverse field this year, Connor. And we're seeing that. I think, you know, everybody said all year, and I just said a second ago, I don't think there's one dominant team. I think, of course, Gonzaga is the one seed. 
and they've done nothing to not prove they're the overall top seed. Um, they played great basketball year. Jalen Suggs, the true freshman, has been fantastic for Gonzaga all year. And Gonzaga is one of those teams that's really dangerous because they can do it all. They're big and physical. They also shoot the ball well. They distribute it around well. So Gonzaga, a team to definitely watch as the one seed going forward. But let's talk about the one seeds for a second, Connor. Gonzaga, Illinois, Baylor, and Michigan. It's happened once in history, and it was Virginia. Of these four one seeds, which is the most likely to be vulnerable to a 16-seed upset? Honestly, I don't see one. Agreed. I can be completely honest. I don't see it. Um, well, two of them, they don't even know who they're playing. Yep. So that's the thing. Um, looking at the playing games, was it Gonzaga plays the winner of Norfolk State and Appalachian, Appalachian State? State? Yeah. That's – I don't see it there. No. Um, and I don't see it with Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern. Nope. Uh, and I, I think that's it. I don't see it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think these one seeds have pretty much established themselves as the top four in the country. I, I think the only thing to say I – mean, I mean, of course, in the question with Gonzaga all year, and, of course, they had a great non-conference in the beginning of the season. The only thing that people say about Gonzaga is the non-conference the, – the, the conference schedule has been weak, which I don't think is a big deal. I think Gonzaga has won their game big every time they played, so there's really no argument to say – all their weak playing the weak teams, yes, but they're beating them by 40 and 50 on a nightly basis. So Gonzaga, I think, is the most proven one seed right now. I think the only questionable one seed, in my opinion, would be the Michigan Wolverines. I think Jawan Howard's done a fantastic job with his Wolverines this year. But the game again that I point to is that Illinois game where Io DeSunuo for Illinois, the star player, did not play. He's the best player on the roster. It's like close. Illinois came in and beat them by 20 plus points. So I think Michigan's very good. I think they've earned their one spot. I'm not saying they will get beat, but in my opinion, of the most vulnerable team there is, I think that's the most vulnerable one seed. Again, I don't think any of I think they're going to go 4 0 this year. The 16 seeds, it just rarely happens. Of course, it's happened once when UMBC knocked off Virginia, but I think we're going to see all one seeds go 4 0. So we talked upsets the whole time, and it's been, you know, that's kind of the theme of this year's bracket. We're seeing potential upsets here, potential upsets there. So of all the games, we've talked about each region, which is going to be which one. What is the overall game you think is going to be the biggest upset in this year's tournament, the biggest one? For the first round, um... Honestly, I don't know um, because you never know. Like with a COVID year, you never know what team you're going to get, like what no. team's going to show up. Um, there could be that one team that thinks they can get a win yep. and then yep. they overlook somebody and they get blown out. You, you just never know. But I, I'm looking at one game. Um, you're probably going to think I'm crazy. You might not. Moorhead State. I think Moorhead State has a pretty good chance to knock off West, West Virginia. West Virginia, they've been they've been good, but they've been kind of shaky as of late. Um, Moorhead State's been on fire all year in the OVC. Yep. Um, like you mentioned, they knocked off Belmont and eliminated their chances of getting in. Yep. So um, I, I I could honestly see Moorhead State knocking off West Virginia. 
Agreed. I, I like the Morehead State pick, and the Morehead State <laughs> did beat Belmont twice actually this season. So, talk about Belmont. <clears throat> They're not in, and I think you and I both anticipated them not making the field, especially because they didn't win their conference tournament. So, I, I think we can collectively agree was that that was the right decision. I think that was the right system of the committee. So, now looking at the NIT coming up next, of course, the NIT will be released later tonight. The bracket and the tournament field. Does Belmont make the NIT? It's a it's a it's a it's a shortened list of teams this year. Can Belmont sneak into the NIT this year? You think? I think they have to. Um, like like you mentioned, like what were they like? Twenty five straight wins. Yep. One of the hottest teams in the OVC. Probably now second behind Morehead State. Um, now, if they would have a, if they would have had a normal schedule with a normal non-conference schedule, mm-hmm. and they played like they did, they would have been in the NCAA tournament. Agreed, 100%. Even even losing their conference tournament, they would have been in. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't see why not. I don't see why they. I don't see how in the world they missed the NIT. And heck, they can make a run in the NIT if they're in. Um. And another team to watch for in the NIT is – I cannot believe I'm saying this – Duke. I know. I never yeah. thought I would see Duke in the NIT. I think this is the first time since 1997 that they're out of the NCAA tournament. It's crazy. It, it, <clears throat> when you hear of, you know, my, a Mike Krzyzewski team <clears throat> not making the tournament, it, it's, it's weird. And I think Roy Williams, you know, and his Tarios were lucky to sneak in this year. They had a really, really rocky start. I mean, this was the first time in I don't even know how many years – that Duke and North Carolina, one of them was not in the ACC championship. Of course, it was Georgia Tech and Florida State, two very surprising teams making their way to the ACC championship. But this field, going back now to the NCAA tournament, this field this year, I mean, people have said it, was probably going to be one of the most intriguing of all time. And I think now that we see these matchups, we can attest to that. I think Georgetown, you know, after their big win, they uh, – Big East now playing as, you know, a lower seed, looking to cause potential upset. Um, Loyola, Chicago. I mean, there is – we could go on and on about the competitive matchups this year. And I want to go back to one thing. Again, I might be a little biased, but I got to talk Missouri, Oklahoma. A really going to be an interesting game. Of course, the winner will take on probably more than likely Gonzaga, which I, I don't think either one of those two teams will be moving on past the Zags. But – both of these teams in the same week. Missouri was playing Alabama, and they beat Alabama. Oklahoma was top ten, and Missouri was number ten. These were two top ten teams just a few short weeks ago, and all ever since then they've sputtered out of control. Missouri has not shot the balls as well recently. They haven't defended well. Oklahoma's in the same story. Oklahoma's struggling to find offense. So this is a game I anticipate. Low offensive scoring. I, I don't think these teams score more than 70 points. I think these are low-scoring teams that are going to defend well but not score. And I think it's going to be an actually interesting 8-9 matchup. These 8-9 games are usually really interesting to watch because it's two teams that are about at the same competition level. Um, so I anticipate a good matchup, as I do with Loyola Chicago and Georgia Tech. I think it's going to be an interesting 8-9 game. Another team, I just I just realized this, another team that we're not seeing. Actually, there's there's four teams in that we're, that we're not used to not seeing in the NCAA tournament. Duke, yep. Kentucky, Indiana, Arizona. I can't forget about that. All out of the NCAA tournament. It's crazy. It's crazy. And 
it, it must suck a little worse for Indiana because they're the host state of the NCAA tournament and they're not even in. I know. Is there anybody? I mean, well, Purdue. Okay, I guess Purdue's in. Purdue, that, yeah. That, that's the only team from Indiana, right? I mean, might be a small team in there. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, Indiana's a blue butt, but Kentucky too. Kentucky's like we're used to seeing what happened Muncie every year. I mean, John Calipari and his Cavs were just, I mean, bad this year, and it it showed here in the selection. So they're not making it. The SEC had seven teams in this year, but Kentucky wasn't there. I, that that is so rare. You see seven SEC teams get in, and Kentucky is not one of those. Let's talk about the SEC for a second, Connor. You and I are both very familiar with the SEC. Of course, I'm here at Missouri. You've been a Vanderbilt fan your whole life. You've watched them. So, seven teams. You got Arkansas, LSU. You can help me here. L- Arkansas, LSU, Alabama, Florida, Missouri. Um, I'm, for, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting two more SEC teams right now. I, Tennessee. Tennessee's one. And there's one more. We're missing one more. We're missing one more SEC team. It's Tennessee and awkward silence. I know, right? Well, anyway, so yeah, seven seven, SEC seven, seven teams represented this year. Some may consider it a down year for the SEC. I would almost consider it uh, just a more competitive SEC this year. And, again, there's not one standout. I think Alabama is the best, but I don't think it's by a long shot. LSU proved that today that Alabama does have flaws. Um, I mean, LSU, late in the second – did you have the last team? There's only six? Yeah. Oh, gosh, there's only six. Okay, so we did cover all six then. So, six SEC teams. LSU proved today Alabama is vulnerable. And LSU proved Arkansas was vulnerable by beating them. So – LSU's done a good job of proving these teams are vulnerable. And then Alabama also beat LSU. So the SEC this year has been wide open since the beginning. And we said it. Anybody can win the SEC tournament. I mean, Vanderbilt, who was the 12 seed or 13 seed or 12 seed, played Florida in that SEC tournament game to the very end. I mean, they gave Florida all they could handle. So the SEC has been incredibly competitive this year. And now you see six teams in. So let me pivot this question now to you. I'm going to talk about this for a second. Which SEC team right now, looking at the matchups, looking at where they're placed in the bracket, who they're playing, which team has the best chance to make the deepest run in this year's tournament based on what they have? Um, Alabama. Agreed. It has to be Alabama. Um, first round, I, when it comes to the NCAA tournament, I think I said this last time, I hate using the word easy. But I think Iona's pretty easy. Agreed. I mean, I know that I know Patino's their head coach, and he you never know what you're gonna get with Rick Patino, but I think it's gotta be Alabama. Either Alabama or Arkansas. Arkansas, Agreed. yeah, I'm switching it. Arkansas. Yeah. Um they were hot and then they lost um to LSU last night. Um yeah, like you said, the SEC is very Unpredict it's an unpredictable conference. Yep. And I'm I'm gonna stick with those two. Either Arkansas or Alabama. I'm gonna uh, you, look at, you you look at Tennessee. Yeah. And I on it, I I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for this, but I do not think and I'm not saying this because I'm a Vanderbilt fan. Yeah. Let me let me make that point very clear. I'm not saying this because I'm a Vanderbilt fan. I do not think Tennessee is that good. Oh, I agree with you. 
No, I, I will argue it with you. I will take the heat with you. I, I have never thought Tennessee has been a fantastic basketball team this year. I think they're good. I think they have talent. Of course, you and I know their superstar, Keon Johnson, all too well as we yep. met him in high school, and he did nothing but dominate against us. So we know him all too well. But Tennessee, I agree. I think Tennessee has a talented roster, um, but I don't think it's been – I don't think they've played well as a team all year. Um, I think even the Alabama game, they had a 15-point lead, and they blew it. So it's not the best Tennessee team we've seen. And I honestly think it all depends on the health of John Fulkerson. Agreed. That's number one. Keon is okay, but if, you, if you're on the same court with Keon Johnson and John Fulkerson, you're in trouble. Yep. John Fulkerson, I saw him on TV a lot a couple of days ago because that's all the SEC has been talking about is that elbow. Um, he did not look good. No, his eye did not look good. He was still a little wobbly. I do not think he will play this weekend against Oregon State. I don't see it. Um, it's going to be that's huge. I mean, he is not only a great player, he's their captain, he's their team mm-hmm. leader. Everything runs yeah. through John Bowers. And, and I'm going to relate this to Missouri. You know, they have a center, Jeremiah Tillman. The offense runs through these big guys. People don't understand that. Missing your big guy is absolutely huge. It's huge. And if he can't go, of course, Evie Pons is a great player for Tennessee. He's been a fantastic forward for them. But Fulkerson, the offense runs through him, and he's a fighter. He's a warrior. And so if they don't have him back, I agree with you. I I think – I'll go ahead and say it now. If he doesn't play, I think Oregon State wins. I think Oregon State is hot enough right now. I think they pick up the win. But if he plays – now, again, the question, though, again, it it always comes up to this. If he plays – how healthy is he? Is he at 100%? If not, how does it affect his play style? If he if he's out, they lose, like you just said. I agree. If, and if he does play, I do think that they lose, but I think he's going to keep it kind of close. And health, like you just said, health is going to be a big-time factor. Considering how he looked uh, yesterday – he, again, he did not look good. I don't think – he is nowhere near 100% in my eyes. Um, I know there's plenty of time between now and when they play, but I, I just don't think he's going to play. And I think Tennessee is going to be the first SEC team out for the NCAA tournament. I think so, too. And I'm actually going to go on a bold statement here about the SEC. I personally – I think the SEC has been competitive this year. I think they've, you know, they've seen a lot of good teams. I don't think we'll see an SEC team move past the Elite Eight. I don't think we'll see one move past it, it. That's my bold prediction for this year's tournament. I, of the six SEC teams, I don't see one of them moving past the Sweet 16. I think there's a lot, or the Elite Eight. I think there's a lot of really good talent there. But you talk about this, Connor, even the two best teams in the SEC, Arkansas and Alabama, they've been really good this year but they've also been bad at times. I mean, Alabama, now, granted, it was early on in the season, you know, lost to Western mm-hmm. Kentucky. And then, I mean, the issue with Alabama is, and everybody talks about this, they are very used to getting behind by a lot and then having to come back. If you play a seven seed or a six seed that's really well built and they're big on the inside, Alabama will not do well. Alabama lives and dies by shooting the three ball. That's just what they do. They live and die by that. If they match up against a team who's big and physical, it mm-hmm. won't be good for them. I think Arkansas has a little more length and size, but they're the same. They can't shoot as well. So 
it, it's it, this is so, it, this is such an interesting tournament, but I don't think we'll see an SEC team go back to Elite Eight. I don't. I want to ask you this real quick because they're talking about it right now. Yep. Looking at this bracket right now, and I know it's probably going to change. I'm not doing my bracket until tomorrow, but as of right now, who is in your Final Four and who's your national champion? Yeah, so we're going to go back and try to look at the bracket now, see who all is in um, from East Region. I, I think I, I am, I'll be honest with you, I am not one that loves to take the top seed in each side. I, I don't like that. Um, but I also understand, you know, like Gonzaga and how well they're built and all this stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and go, I'm going to go from the South region first. Of course, that's where Baylor is the number one seed. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see a lot of other talent in that side. Um, and I do see this is, so I'll go ahead and say this. I think Baylor makes it the final four. I'm going to put Baylor in my final four there, but the only thing I'm concerned about is if Baylor beats Hartford, they're going to potentially play UNC. And I know UNC hasn't been great all year, but come March, Roy Williams knows how to get his team up. So I'll go Baylor from the South, even though I think that's a pretty tough matchup against a potential UNC team who, again, is a fantastic squad. Um, from the West, that's Gonzaga's side. Um I have a lot of concerns about Gonzaga. Um, I, I think they have proven they've, they're a good team um, and as they should. But I'm going to kind of – I'm going to go – you know what? I don't like it, but I'm going to go with Gonzaga too. I, I wanted to go somebody else out there, but I was thinking about doing Iowa as my two seed getting in the Final Four. But they've been too inconsistent all season. Uh, I think Garza has been great, but they've been more bad at times than they had good this season in my opinion. So I think I'm going to put – Iowa and or not Iowa. I think I'm putting Zaga in there. And as for the other two, uh, this is both sides. This is so tough. I'm looking right now, trying to see who I can. I think. Let's see here. I'm looking on both sides now. Baylor's there. Illinois. Oh, yeah, I forgot. So Illinois side now. Um, I don't know. I think naturally. I'd, I'd want to go with the Illini because um, with a big, big 10 championship victory too, I think they've earned that. I think that's, you know, they, they deserve that. So I'm going to go. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to look. They don't have all these brackets released yet. So we're trying to go through in live time right now. I'm going to go with, you know what? I'm going to go crazy here, Connor. You're going to think I might be ridiculous, but that's fine. I'm going to go Houston on Illinois side. I think Houston, the two seed. Um, you know, might not be the best team uh, that, that people have seen. They've been an underrated team all season. I think their matchups line up really well, though. Of course, their first game after Cleveland State would be against Clemson and Rutgers, who I think are two competitive teams, not great teams. So I will go Houston right there. And then finally, on Michigan's side of the bracket, this is where Alabama is. I'm going to go – man, I'm going to take Texas – out of that side. And I think Texas, the big 12 champions, I think they've played pretty good all season. Um, I think they've gotten hot at the right time. They just knocked up Oklahoma state. So it's, I like a lot of upsets in the first couple of rounds. <laughs> giving me a bad look right now. I see a lot of upsets in the first couple of rounds, um, but I do see 
two one seeds going in and Gonzaga and Baylor, the two best teams in the country. And then I'm going to pull, like I said, I'm going to pull um, Texas out of there, which Connor apparently is not a huge fan of. And then, <laughs> and then I'm going to pull Houston out. So I'm going to go my, my two. I'm going to go the national championship. I'm going to go with uh, Texas and Baylor, two teams from Texas making it to the national championship with Baylor winning it all. That's my uh, out there. That, that That's my out there final four and championship pick. <laughs> go ahead. Come on. What do you got for me? I'm just going to go ahead and list them. My final four. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll stretch mine out like you did. In the South, I got Baylor. You had me there. Yep. In the West, I do not have Gonzaga. Okay. I have Iowa. Okay. See, I like either it. Gonna, it's either going to be Gonzaga or Iowa. Yep, agreed. In the East, I got Texas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and in the Midwest, I got Houston. Oh, yes, sir. So only <laughs> one difference there. That's why I was giving you that look. I thought it was because you didn't like my Texas pick. I no. You didn't like my Texas pick. And my national championship, I got Houston and Iowa. Okay. And my national champion is Iowa. Agreed. I, I think of those two, I think Iowa is a better team there. Yeah. I was but, about that close to picking Iowa to taking on Zimzag. I, I just I, I think that's gonna end up being the Elite Eight game. I think, you know, Garza versus Gonzaga and Jalen Suggs, where those two teams play. And, and again, this this bracket this year is so interesting. And that's why like, we're laughing, but seriously, like if we had told you before the season started, right. And we know blue bloods. If we had told you that we had thought, you know, Iowa, Houston, Texas, Baylor, were going to be in the final four as potential teams. You would thought we were crazy, but now come time. These are four teams that are playing the best basketball right now. I mean, especially you look at Baylor and Texas, Houston, those guys are all playing their best basketball in the entire country have a potential chance to make the final four in the national championship. But to me, I'm looking at Gonzaga's side of the bracket right now. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. It all depends on who wins this game. I could honestly see Gonzaga get knocked off, get knocked out in the second round. Agreed. I can see it. Missouri. Oh, yeah. If Missouri wins, Gonzaga moves on. I agree. I, 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 I sadly – Oklahoma have- wins – Oklahoma can beat Gonzaga. Here's the issue with Missouri, and this is I've, – I've been to like seven games this year. Missouri does not have a big force on the inside besides Jeremiah Tillman, and they – Quanzo Martin, he rotates a lot, and when they take him out, if they play to Gonzaga, they don't have the size. They don't have the size to compete with Gonzaga, and I don't think they defend well enough to compete against Gonzaga. So I – as much as I don't like it, I have to agree with you. I do think that – Gonzaga will move on if they do play Missouri. Um, but so let's go quick hit real quick. I, I just want to go quick hit real quick. These first round games, we're going to go through right now. Who do you think is going to win? Just quick hitters. So first game, Gonzaga, who are they going to, are they, is there going to be any team that's going to look, we, look, we got to look at the playing games first. Okay. Fair, oh, that's, okay, that's fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Here we go. I, I, I got two ahead of myself there. Connor, Norfolk State, Appalachian State, who gets, who picks up the victory? Appalachian State. I agree. I'll go Appy State too. Wichita State and Drake. And Drake. Green. I, I, Drake. I'm going to go with Drake too. 25 and 4 this season. They've been fantastic. I'm going to go with Drake. Uh, how about Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern? I, 
I don't know. I have not heard much about those two, so I don't really know. I'll, hey, I'll go with Texas Southern. Everything's bigger in Texas. I'm going to go I'll, with Mount St. Mary's. Okay, there we go. I'll go in the opposites. How about uh, your, your, one of your favorite games so far, Michigan State-UCLA. Who wins that one, the 11th seed? Rocket Mortgage. There you go. I'm going to yeah. go with uh, with UCLA in that one. I think UCLA picks out a narrow victory. So, now the full-time bracket, first few games. Does anybody trip Gonzaga up? I don't care who wins. Does any one of those teams trip Gonzaga up? No. Okay. No. Gonzaga gets the victory. All right, Oklahoma, Missouri. Who do you got? Oklahoma. I'm going Missouri. I got to go. I, I, I can't go against my boys. Uh, Creighton, UC Santa Barbara. I know. I pointed this game out. I pointed this yep. game out as a potential upset. Considering how Creighton has looked, I do not see it. I don't, I don't see an upset. I'm going Creighton. I have to agree with you. I think Creighton wins that one. Virginia, Ohio. Virginia. Yeah, I think Virginia caught a bad luck with the COVID, you know, having an outbreak on the team. They didn't get to play in the ACC tournament all that well. So, I think Virginia does win. USC. It, I, I think I think Ohio can keep that game I think, close. I think, I think they'll but, play them. I just don't think they'll win. So, no. that moves on now. USC, the Trojans taking on what would be Drake for our 11 seed. Who do you got? There's an upset. I got Drake. I got Drake, too. I agree. I think USC has been very off and on this year. I'll take that as the first real big uptip the Drake Bulldogs. Kansas, Eastern Washington. Do the Eagles with their red turf football field knock off Kansas? I want to pick Eastern Washington so bad it's like because that I don't know what it is, but I just cannot stand Bill Self at all. Agreed. But I don't see it. I got to go Kansas as much as it pains me to say it. I just don't think Eastern Washington can get the job done. That's another think, that's another team that can keep it close. Agree, 100%, 100%. But it, it, it's based on skill, and I think Kansas has the most skill. Yep. And I think it's going to go to go Kansas' favor. I agree. I, I'll take the Jayhawks in that one. I think it's closer than a lot of people think it would be, but I'll take the Jayhawks. Oregon VCU, a 7-10 game that's interesting. I, I think a lot of people – I'll go ahead and tell you this. I think VCU win. I think Oregon – I've watched them play. I think they're an okay basketball team. Um, I don't think they've been fantastic. They don't shoot particularly well. Um, and VCU is one of those teams that you consistently see in the field of 64. So I'll take VCU. I'm going to go for it. I think VCU wins this game. Yeah, I got to go VCU. Um, Oregon, they've really disappointed lately. Yep, agreed. So, and VCU has the most hype. They have, from what I've seen, they've looked better shooting the ball. And I just think they have – I think they have the momentum, so I'm going to give it to VCU. All right, here we go. Does Bryce Drew – I already know the answer to this. Does Bryce Drew have enough in his tank to knock off the two-seed Iowa Hawkeyes? I already have them in my final four. So There's no way. I have to say no. But that is one of the games where I don't think anybody should be surprised if Grand Canyon knocks pulls off the upset. Do not be surprised whatsoever. But just because I have them in my final four, I got to go Iowa. Bryce Drew is a fantastic coach. I've I've seen him coach firsthand in person. No one gets his t- players hype as much as Bryce Drew. And I hate to see a first-round exit. I can see them moving on, but I'm only picking Iowa because of Luka Garza and the fact that I've already said that they're in my final four. Yeah, I agree. I think Luka Garza is arguably the best player in college basketball. He's been fantastic. I think the Hawkeyes move on. Moving on now, 
lower side of this bracket. Now, the number one seed, the Michigan Wolverines, they will take on a 16 seed. It will be the winner of Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern. Does Texas Southern have enough to beat Jawan Howard's Michigan Wolverines? Mount St. Mary's does not have a chance. <laughs> no. So neither one has a chance, so we'll move on now. This one, okay. I got, I got a couple of questions, though, really quick, because of incidents that have happened in conference tournaments. You look at Michigan. Juwan Howard had that little scuffle with yep. Maryland. Yep. And then you look at Tennessee and Florida with that elbow of the face. Suspensions. Do you see Juwan Howard suspended at least a game, and you look at Omar Payne, is he suspended? No, I don't think he will be. I think, of course, he got a double technical and ejected. Um, you know, him and Mark Turgeon got into it, Maryland's head coach. Um, so, I mean, I can see why people would argue for a suspension. Um, I think it was out of line for him to continually yell and, you know, pursue Mark Turgeon on the court. I, I don't think it was necessary. I, I think it was a bad showing for that team, honestly. Um, but unfortunately for whoever plays Michigan – I think that's more fuel to the fire for the Wolverines. I, th I think they're a little frustrated with uh, that kind of stuff gets a team fired up. And I think their coach, as bad as it was, I think they saw their coach was sticking up for them. So I think it's just going to fire them up. So I don't think he's suspended. I do think he coaches, and I think they win big against either Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern. I don't know who it is. We'll see. Um, now, this is an interesting one, Connor. I want you to give me your input on this one. The 8-9 game, the LSU Tigers taking on the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. This is an LSU team that made a really a magical run in the SEC tournament, finished runner-up, lost by one point to Alabama. Do they have enough, though, to beat the Bonnies, who have been on fire in, as of recently? Do they? Yes. But I don't know. LSU is one of those unpredictable teams. I know. You know um, Cameron Thomas, by the way, has been – one of the best players in the SEC. Uh, he's averaging over 20 points a game, which is good for top five in the entire country. He's been fantastic. They're getting, you know, help from all over. And it's important to mention their head coach, Will Wade, actually the son of former headmaster at my high school, Frank Road Academy. So Will Wade, I know he's the uh, son of her. So he's doing a pretty good job over there for LSU. I'm going to go St. Bonaventure, though. I agree with you. I think LSU has the talent. I think they can win. But I think this is a game that, they're going to look to and be frustrated. I, I think they knew they could have beaten Alabama. Um, they were that close. And that's going to be sitting in the back of their minds because I think if they win that game, they jump to a 7-6 seed. Now they're an 8 seed. So I think I'll take St. Bonaventure close in that one. And they just showed a graphic. I'm watching ESPN right now. The 8-9 game is the most – that's the one game where you see the most upsets. Yep. So can St. Bonaventure do it? Yes. Uh, just looking at the numbers, can they? Yes. Do I think they will? I don't think so. So I'm going to give it to LSU. All right. I like it. I like it. 5-12, Colorado and Georgetown. I'm going to go ahead and go. I'm going to take Georgetown. Yeah, I'm going to take Georgetown. I, Colorado, as good as they've been this year at times, Patrick Ewing has that team rolling right now. So I will take Georgetown. Florida State, UNC. Even – even, even though I did mention Colorado as my team to beat in the Pac-12, they didn't show it in the Pac-12 tournament. Um, so, I mean, I think Patrick Ewing, he's a, he was a great player in the NBA. He's proven he can be a good head coach. Now's the time to prove it. I think he can get it done. Agreed. I, I have to agree. I'll take Georgetown there. 
Florida State, Greensboro, is there any chance that UNC Greensboro knocks off Florida State? Florida State, I know they've been hit or miss this year and they lost against Georgia Tech, but overall, they've been a fantastic basketball team. Does Greensboro have enough to knock off Florida State? I know you and your brother Graham are really high on Florida State, but I'm. Oh, he's going the upset, isn't he? You going the upset? I'm going upset. I think UNCG can get the job done. Wow, that's a big one. That's our first big upset of the day. Connor Owens is taking the Spartans over the Florida State Seminoles. The four versus 13 game. I like it. I'm going to go Florida State, but I, I like your pick. I, I like Greensboro. They've, their team we've seen a couple of times in the tournament recently. So Connor is going the Spartans over the Florida State Seminoles. They're a good pick there. Now, BYU. We'll They'll probably come back to bite me in the butt. Well, hey, you never know. We'll see. <laughs> it's March. You never know. True that. BYU, the sixth seed taking on. It would be Michigan State for you, UCLA for me. Do the Spartans for you knock off BYU? No. I agree. I, I think whoever plays, I think BYU wins whoever they play. I do. I think it's close. I think Michigan yeah, State and UCLA give BYU all they got. But I think it's – I think BYU yeah. wins. So, now, Texas, Abilene, Christian, I think you and I both have Texas for Final Four. Yeah. They will move past Abilene Christian, who's a good team and not a great team. UConn, Maryland. UConn, the seventh seed, taking on Maryland, who is the tenth seed. Maryland has been streaky. Um, they've not finished with a great record overall. UConn, on the other hand, has been as hot as anybody in the entire country has this year. I'm going to take UConn. I actually think they beat Maryland big. I don't think Maryland has been consistent enough to show me anything, and UConn has been just unbelievable. Yeah, I agree with you. And then with UConn. Alabama, Iona, Rick Pitino, I don't think – do you think there's any chance Pitino's Iona team knocks off Alabama or do they keep shooting well and win? Uh, no, Alabama's too good. Um, yeah, Rick Pitino's a good coach. He's had good teams over the years, especially at Louisville. Um, I, don't think, I don't think Iona's that good. I don't think they're good enough to beat Alabama. No, I agree. I'll, I'll take the Crimson Tide there. Other side of the bracket now. Here we go. Moving on, we went through the first 32 teams. Here are the other 32 teams on the side. Baylor and Hartford, I think you and I can both attest to this. Baylor will run past Hartford. Baylor is arguably, yeah. you know, the, probably the number two team in the whole tournament. So, you both have Baylor winning there. North Carolina and Wisconsin. This is an interesting one. I think both of these teams have a lot of experience in the tournament. I think I'm going to go North Carolina. Um, I think they – are hot right now, um, and this is a different team come March. I know that they didn't have a great regular season, but when it gets to March and the team gets in, they can beat anybody. They could beat anybody in this field right now. So I'm going to go Roy Williams. What do you think? I'm going to go the opposite. I think I think Wisconsin. Um, okay. I'm only going Wisconsin because I have not been impressed with the North Carolina team I've seen this year. Yep, that's fair. Absolutely not. Wisconsin has been a powerhouse. North Carolina, they used to be. Um, when I say used, that was just a year ago. But this year has just been really shaky for them. They they got hot late. I think that's why they got in. Um, if they kept playing like they did earlier in the year, I don't think North Carolina would be in. Great. Um, I, I just think it's all about momentum, and I think Wisconsin has the momentum. I like it. I like it. So now Villanova taking on Winthrop. Winthrop, mm-hmm. a one-loss team. And – I think Winthrop wins. I think they beat Villanova. I think Villanova's a five seed. Uh, Villanova has been not great this year. Um, I, I, even though they're a five seed, they have been not the Villanova we wanted to see. Uh, of course, an early exit in their 
Big East tournament. And they've just this year, just some uncharacteristic losses that they shouldn't have had. And it's been the story of this Villanova team. And Winthrop, of course, not well known by any means, but just one loss. They play great basketball. They shoot the ball as good as anybody in the country does. So I'm going to take Winthrop in the upset. What do you think? Do you agree or do you think Villanova pulls out a close one? I agree. Um, I think Villanova's shown this year that their national championship a couple of years ago and just the team that they've had recently has pretty much been nothing but hype yep. and really not that much competition in yep. regular season, non-conference, NCAA tournament. Really haven't seen much from them. So I think I think Winthrop can get, get the upset. I agree with you there. And then I'll fly through a couple of these next few ones. Purdue, North Texas. I got Purdue. I think North Texas Purdue. team, but I'll go Purdue. Texas Tech, Utah State. I will actually take the upset here. Um, I'll go with the Aggies. I think I like Matt McClung, what they've done over there for the Red Raiders. Um, but I do think Utah State wins. That There's a big question mark for me on that game. You're absolutely right. Utah State has been a really good team this year. Texas Tech, the same. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go with Texas Tech. That, that's a coin flip game in my eye. I think that game's going yeah. to play, but I like it Definitely. right there. Moving on, Arkansas-Colgate. I, I think Arkansas wins big. I think Colgate has played – you know, they've only played 15 games all year. We haven't seen enough, and they got lucky to actually be in this position. Um, are you taking Arkansas, too, in that one? Yeah, I have to. Yeah. And then Florida-Virginia Tech. This is going to be a good one. Of course, the – Availability of center of starting center Omar Payne is up for question with, of course, that elbow to John Fulkerson. So we don't really know the extent of if he's going to play or not. He's a big part of the skater team. He's big. He's physical. So if he plays, do they get the win against Virginia Tech? Or does Virginia Tech win no matter what? Virginia Tech wins. See, I have to agree with you. I, Mike White is always the head coach of the Gators. Always struggled come March, uh, of course. They had a, a good run a few years ago with Chris Chioza, and they, and they knocked off actually Wisconsin, and they buzzer beat her to go to the Elite Eight. But I have to agree. I think Virginia Tech wins this game. They've been more impressive. They've played in a tougher conference, in my opinion, this year. The ACC has been stacked. Um, so I agree. I think no matter what happens with Omar Payne, I think Virginia Tech pulls the win. And Ohio State, Oral Roberts. You talk about Oral Roberts as a potential upset team as a 2-15 game. Ohio State might have that loss lingering in the back of their head in the Big Ten Championship. Does Oral Roberts plot a potential victory here? Can they? Yes. Do they? No. Um, but does Ohio State make a deep run? I don't think so. I think second round is probably as far as they're going to go. In I think Virginia opinion. Tech. I think Virginia Tech – or I think Virginia Tech could knock off Ohio State. I do. I think they could. Yeah. Um, good season by Oral Roberts. I think it's ends to Ohio State. Agreed. I just think Ohio State's just too good for Oral Roberts. Yeah, agreed. Now moving on the last quadrant. Uh, first one, I think this is an easy one. Illinois Drexel. I think you and I both agree. Illinois Drexel has been probably is probably the worst 16 seed out there right now. That's 12 and yeah. seven. They have not shown much at all. So I'll take Illinois. Uh, Loyal Chicago towards Tech. This is the center of touch for you and I right now. It is Sister Jean against the surprising Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech from Atlanta? Who do you got? Can't go wrong, Sister Jean. Yeah. I mean, Georgia Tech, I forget that guy's name who has who's been all the hype in the ACC tournament. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Loyola Chicago gets it done. I agree. I'll, I'll take Sister – I think this is a close game. I think Georgia Tech gives Loyola Chicago all they can handle, but 
you're right, man. There's something about that sister gene magic that's hard to beat. Celtic Loyola Chicago as well. Tennessee, Oregon State, uh, you and I both talked about this one a little bit. We both agreed that if John Fulkerson plays, actually, if he doesn't play, Oregon State will win. If he does play, they still might not win either. Um, but who do you have final pick for this game? I think Oregon State wins regardless. Agreed. I'll, I'll take Oregon State. The Beavers are hot. They got a lot. They have a chip on their shoulder, of course, being the 12th seed or the 12th pick in the uh, Pac-12 and then winning their conference. So I agree. I'll take Oregon State. Again, I'm not saying that because I'm a Vandy fan. I'm just saying that based off of how Oregon State looked. Oregon State was absolutely dominant in that Pac-12 tournament. Oh, dominant. I know. They're, they mm. are playing um, – they shoot well, too. Oregon yes. State shoots the ball really well. And I was talking to a friend of mine about this earlier. If Tennessee would have beaten Alabama, I think Tennessee would have won the SEC tournament. Agreed. But they had – what was that, like a 20-point lead at the half, and then Alabama comes out in the second half and only holds Keon Johnson to, like, three points. Like, I mean, it's just hard. It, it's Tennessee just got very stagnant offensively. Yeah. Um, it, it, it turned for the worst, and I think yeah, that's yeah. the reason that they're at where they're at right now. Oklahoma State Liberty, um, I think Liberty is a good team. They've shown a lot of good this year, 23 and 5 in the season. Actually, played my Missouri Tigers very, very close early on in the season. Um, but I will take Kate Cunningham and that Oklahoma State team. Um, they've, it's, they're getting good. They're getting hot at the right time. Um, they're meshing at the right time. Caleb Boone has been a great guy to kind of supplement for Kate Cunningham. So I'll take Oklahoma State. You gave me a little face here. You like the Flames against the Cowboys? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, no, honestly, I do not know. Like, it's, it's tough. I know. I know. It's Liberty is an A-Sun team, and I go to an A-Sun school. So, Liberty Liberty and Lipscomb, you would, that's gotten to be a little bit of a rivalry. Yeah. Um, ever since Liberty came in, I don't know what their deal is with Lipscomb. They just came in, and they were after our heads from the get-go. So, I've seen Liberty play. They, I mean, two of the last three years we played them in the A-Sun Championship. Um, beat them – no, they beat us both times, unfortunately. So, Liberty can beat Oklahoma State. I just don't think they do it. Um, again, this I, – I don't know if I should say this, but I can honestly see overtime with these two schools. I, I, I honestly can. Agreed. And – if, if Oklahoma State goes to overtime with Liberty, then their second-round game with either Tennessee or Oregon State, that's going to be a toss-up. Tough draw. That, that's a tough draw. I mean, though, anyone – That's really tough, tough but <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Um, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. A very, very close game. I think it's close, too. I think Liberty gives them all they can handle, but I do think that offensive superpower, seeing a scoring power from Oklahoma State prevails. Last four games here, we'll hit these real quick. San Diego State-Syracuse, um, of course, it's the 6-11 and 11 game. It's a tough game. I, I think this is another competitive one. We can see go either way. I'm going to go Jim Beheim and the Orange just because of his experience. I think they know how to win in March, so I'll go Jim Beheim. What about you? Yeah, I agree with you. Both go, both go Syracuse there. West Virginia-Morehead State. I, I'm going to go the upset. I'm going to take Morehead State, of course, beating Belmont twice, a team we thought could make a deep run. I'm going to go more at State. Are you with me or against me on that one? I'm with you. Um, do, I, I said this in the last episode. Do not underestimate the talent that is in the OVC. Yep. 
and Moorhead State has talent, 100%. West Virginia, even though they're a three seed, I have seen times where they have been a little little on the shaky side, a little bit on the downside of games. I think Moorhead State, just like Liberty, I think they're going to give West Virginia all they can handle, and I think Moorhead State can actually pull this win out. I agree. I think Moorhead State wins too, moves on, plays Syracuse. It would be a great game, honestly. Last two games here, Clemson Rutgers. I, these two, these have been two teams. Clemson started off really hot, and uh, they've been bad ever since. And the Rutgers have been, you know, yeah. kind of mm-hmm. the middle yeah. pack. Um, it, this is for me a coin flip. I, I think they're two evenly matched teams, but I, this is I'm going to go Clemson because I got some friends at Clemson. <clears throat> I know the team a little bit better. Um, I, I don't think again this is a coin flip. I think either one of these teams could win any given night, but I'll take Clemson. I think they went close. You you explained it perfectly with a coin flip. I do not know. Yeah. Um, Rutgers, they've they've been good this year. So is Clemson. Um, yeah. I think I think Clemson. I agree with you. I think Clemson has been a little bit better shooting the ball wise, uh, defensively, all all over. I think Clemson's been just a little bit better than Rutgers. Again, another close game, but I'm going to give it to Rutgers. Yeah, I, I think or Clemson. Clemson, sorry. Yeah, I think both go Clemson there. Going to be a close game. And I think, unfortunately for those two teams, neither one of them will move on past the second round as they will take on probably, you and I believe, Houston. As they will, you and I both clearly agree, Houston will beat Cleveland State. We both have them in our final four. So Houston going to beat Cleveland State. We don't see Clemson moving on to the Rutgers. So once again, my final four, Houston, Baylor, Texas, and Gonzaga. Connor Owens has Iowa. Iowa, Baylor, Texas, Baylor, Houston. Yes. So we have, crazily enough, if you guys caught this, we have three schools from Texas making the final four. So three Texas schools we think will move their way on up to the final four in in Indianapolis. Of course, the bracket set, 64 teams, 68 teams are ready to play. There are some replacements in case, of course, you know, COVID happens. You got four replacements. I don't think it will happen. You and I both agree. We don't think it will happen. But if it does, maybe we'll see an Ole Miss, St. Louis, one of those teams sneak their way. And otherwise, we're set. Our final four set. Connor, any final thoughts before we wrap this up about this tournament, what to watch for, players to watch for, anything? I think this tournament, out of all the tournaments that I've seen, this is the tournament where you can see the most upsets. We've talked about that this entire time. This is a very – this is a bracket where it can actually happen. Like, you look at – all the five twelves, you see. I honestly see a two sixteen, um, even though one of the the number two seed is in my final four. Yep. The Iowa Grand Canyon that could be an upset. Um, it is. It, it's fun. I love March Madness. I love March. Um, Greatest time of the year. Some people consider yeah. Christmas time. It, it, yep. <laughs> it is, I'm telling you, people get really hyped up, but I think we've all, you know, Connor, you said it perfectly at the beginning of the show. With all the uncertainty this season, we didn't even know if college basketball was going to happen. You know, of course, yeah. in a closed-in arena, a tight space. We didn't know if college basketball would even be happening. So the fact that we've not only gotten through a full season, but now playing in a 64-team bra- or 68-team bracket is fantastic. And a lot of credit to the NCAA and the teams in there that have really done the job to get to this point. And <clears throat> I have to agree. I think this is an upset year. Um, if you're a fan, buckle up because it's – this is going to be a crazy one. And I've, I honestly, I don't know, you could probably agree with me. 
this past week, I've been getting nervous. I think a lot of college basketball fans have been nervous because you see all these top teams, like Virginia dropped, Duke dropped, Kansas dropped. And then that started the question, would they postpone March Madness? But, of course, you see two of those teams are now in. Duke looking more more and more likely that they're going to go to the NIT. I'm telling you, I'm I'm telling you, Garrett, right now, of course, we don't know the NIT bracket as of right now. What if we see a Duke Belmont first round of the NIT? I mean, that would be, you know, my my of course, you know, the sixth sense is to go, oh, Duke's the blue blood pick Duke. I, I think Belmont would win that game. I, I think yeah. Belmont has Again, this is – I'm so frustrated. i got to get into this before we go. we got to have this for a second. I'm so frustrated that Belmont could not sink their way in because I'm telling you, that is a team that can beat anybody in this bracket. And I, and I know you say, well, they can compete with that guy. Yes, I think they can. I, I think Belmont is built for a tournament. They're built to go deep. They're built to take blows but just keep fighting through it. Nick Mazinski, probably one of the best players in the whole, you know, OVC – um, I dropped eligible too. Yeah, he, he, he can definitely go. I think he'll he might he might go undrafted, but if he does, someone's going to get a fighter. They're going to get a good yeah. player. I think he's again. It's unfortunate we can't see him play this year in the tournament, but I, I think that is a great possible scenario. And I do think that Belmont has enough to win that game against Duke. I do. And and you look at who they're coached by, Casey Alexander. Again, being at Lipscomb, he was our head coach for like a great four coach. or five years, and. I don't know how many people will disagree with me on this, but I think over the next couple of years, we can honestly see if Belmont continues to play the way they played this year, I can honestly see Casey Alexander, National Coach of the Year, uh, in, in that conversation. I honestly can. 100%. Because you see, he was an assistant under Rick Bird at Belmont for a very long time. He comes to Lipscomb. He, I think, year two or three, I think that's when we won – uh, the A-Sun championship with him. And then we go to the first round and we almost beat North Carolina. Yep. And then he comes into Belmont, goes undefeated. I think this is his second year there. Goes undefeated, second longest win streak in the country, loses their conference championship, and that one game knocks him out. Like, he's, he, he's a team – or he's a coach that can be national coach of the year. That is a team that – Honestly, you and I agree they should have been in here. Yep. I don't think I don't think they should have been in the round to 64. Yeah. But at least the playing game to have an opportunity to get in. Agree. And, and at I least, think, of course, you know, these teams that get in because of their tournament conference tournament wins, it's 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 well deserved, and I get it. But yeah, there also is that part of you that's a little frustrated because it's like you look at Drexel and Iona and these teams, and there is a part of you that's frustrated in the sense of like. I know they won their tournament, but the fact that Drexel gets a chance to come play and Belmont, who, Grant, I know their schedule is not like, you know, an SEC team, but they're beating teams at a high level. So I agree. Mm -hmm. I think it's disappointing that you don't get to see Belmont in there. I think they could make a serious case for why they deserve to be in there. But, you know, all this does is build more momentum for next season. And Belmont – is not going anywhere. We've seen them year yeah, in year out. Absolutely not. It, it's it reminds me of Alabama in football. Belmont yeah. does not rebuild; they reload every year. They they find this talent that nobody else knows of. They bring it in, they develop, and they win twenty plus games a year every time. It just happens. So you you 
it's it's Alabama in football and it's Vanderbilt in baseball. It is 100%. Two Nashville. I mean, I'm telling you, it's 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 the exact same way, and they're gonna they're gonna reload and they're gonna be back next year, and I think this is gonna build more momentum. But I, one, I, one thing, yeah, you go. one thing that I would be. I would be really frustrated with this. I know since I go to Lipscomb, Battle of the Boulevard, we cannot stand Belmont. But I got to give credit where credit's due. They're a fantastic basketball team. If they do not make the NIT, I'm going to be really frustrated with the NCAA, with the committee. I mean, if Duke gets in and Belmont doesn't, that that, that won't make any sense because you see how how awful Duke played this year. Yeah. And you look at, again, that – long win streak Belmont had. And I brought it up a few minutes ago. Duke and Belmont meet in the first round in the NIT if that or any anywhere in the NIT. Yep. Belmont gets the win. Belmont more I skilled agree. even though they're a smaller school. Yep. They got more skill. And they've they've clearly won more games. They look great when they win. Um Duke just hasn't. And my my argument for if Duke gets in and Belmont doesn't the NIT is Okay, so now we're rewarding teams for losing as opposed to winning. I, I mean, Duke didn't even finish their conference tournament. No, they're 11 11. They, they've done nothing. This is another thing, too. We got debates, too. Coach K pulled his team out of their non conference schedule after losing two games because he said it was unsafe. It was unsafe. Yeah. Every other team played in the country that wanted to play. He didn't. I didn't like that. This whole. Well, we didn't. Feel if you remember this, playing. if you remember this, Coach K was one of the main coaches that said, "Oh, these kids need to play. They need yep. to play. Oh, yep. who cares?" He didn't say this, but like, who cares about COVID? All this, all this, we can still play. And then he starts the season, and they're absolutely terrible. They're losing game after game after game. And then he comes out and says, "Well, why are we playing?" Yeah, it's it, it, a double standard in a pandemic. Why are we playing? He makes excuses for why he doesn't want to play. Belmont goes to the conference championship, loses by like what? What was it, like six or seven? Yep. Something like that. And then doesn't again. Yeah, I mean, they they're a team that wants to play. And I don't think Duke is. I think Duke, you, you can't reward a team just for their reputation against a team who is proven to win this year. I mean, this Duke roster, look, look. You could put Duke's roster up against anybody else, and on paper, it's better 99% of teams in the entire field. It is. Their roster is it's that talented, but it hasn't come together. It, it's like Kentucky. Like Brandon Boston for Kentucky is probably going to be a top 15 pick this year. He's a great player if he wants to go out, but they didn't gel, and that's how Duke is right now. I mean, Duke is not – they don't scare me in the NIT. They don't. There's one commentator – in college basketball, who everybody knows, Dick Vitale. He was just on ESPN. I heard this while you were talking. He said he, – he, he just said it, and I got this article right here. Belmont should have made the NCAA tournament. Which, which is which – is, I guess it's crazy. Like, I we're, – we're seeing the national recognition now of Belmont. Like, I, I could argue this one all day. I, I don't understand the getting in of a lot of these teams. I mean, I, I just don't – and again, I get the conference winners. You win, you get in, great, it's fine. But Belmont, they got a case. They have a serious case, and I, I hate it for them. But it, it'll be interesting. Again, going into next season to see where they go from here, where they build from here. 
Um, I, I think they're a fairly young team. I, I don't think they're old. I think they're a fairly young team still in the OVC. I think Mazinski yeah. be leading. He is, of course, draft eligible now. But this is a, still a young team. I think they're returning a lot of talent. Uh, they're going to get a new. They're getting new guys in. So watch out for Belmont. But as for us, Connor, any other ideas? Any other thoughts before we wrap this thing up in the NCAA tournament? I just can't wait to get this week started. I mean, <laughs> like I'm telling you, like this is. I know we've said it time and time again, but this is the most exciting NCAA tournament yeah. I've ever seen. Agreed. Like, and I know a lot of people were saying, oh, it's a COVID year. It doesn't really count. But I don't know what – I don't know what to say to that. Like – I know. I, I, I disagree. I think this year is more challenging. Uh, I think the circumstances they play under is more difficult, more impressive than a normal year. Um, and so I think winning it this year would be a statement. I do. You, you have Houston. Or you can just you, give you have, teams have, credit have, for having right? skill. You have Houston winning, right? Yes. You have I know Iowa. 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 Yes, you have Iowa winning. I have Baylor winning. So two totally different ends of the spectrum. Um, but I agree. I, I think this is, you know, you get a lot to say. If you win this tournament this year, it's a uh, a big plus. So it, you know. if you if you win this if you win the tournament, the national championship this year, you better be good next year. Agreed. Because Agreed. everybody, if you if you come out next year and you're absolutely terrible, they're going to say that twenty your 2021, 2020, 2021 season was a fluke. You're not really that good. So yep. if you win it this year, you got to show out next year. Hundred percent. I agree. I agree. Well, that's going to be all from us here. Again, this is High Notes National Sports March Madness Edition. Did not talk about all national sports. We did cover, of course, the Belmont Bruins a little bit. Price through the former Vanderbilt head coach. I think Connor and I agree. All we can say: what a bracket. What a selection Sunday. What a day. This week is going to be crazy. We are expecting upset on top of upset on top of upset. So thank you all for joining us here on Spotify. This is High Notes Nashville Sports. I'm Garrett Pay. This is Connor Owens. We'll see you back in in the next week or two. You guys have a good one and enjoy your March Madness.